What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Before we dive into today's episode, I have to update you on something because there is something really exciting that's happening very, very soon, if not right now. If you have been dreaming of a version of more for your life, more self-love, more abundance, more healing, more passion, more freedom, and you're ready to speed up that process, then this could be exactly the thing that you are looking for. One of my signature offers, in fact, the very first thing that I ever created, which is the entire roadmap to how I built a life of abundance, freedom, fun, flow, and all of the things from Burnt Out to Badass is here, it's back, and the doors are open. This is the life transformation course to reconnect you to your soul, tap into your purpose and potential, learn to meditate, unblock the subconscious mind, and master the art of manifestation. Now, it's called the life transformation course for a reason because it's a collection of the content that fully changed my life and the lives of hundreds of other women at this point. It is what allowed me to step into my healthiest, most radiant self and what gave me the courage to start my own business. It equipped me with the mindsets that helped me continuously, even now today in my life, attract more love, joy, and money into my life. So if you are ready to change your patterns so that you can up-level, quit your job, start a business, commit to your health, travel more, attract abundance, be happier, less anxious, more high vibe, then From Burnt Out to Badass is the place for you. This is a 12-week online course with over 30 video trainings from me, weekly action steps and prompts to help you apply everything that we're learning to you and your life. We're also going to have a few interactive group coaching calls with me live on Zoom so that we can go deeper and you can ask me some of your personal questions about the things that you're moving through. And you're also going to get the Mindset Mastery Guide and Workbook, a complete library of downloadable guided meditations from me, a Money Masterclass and Advanced Manifestation Masterclass, the Self-Love Experience which is a live embodiment workshop. You're going to get a free copy of my ebook, New Year, New Magic. Also my journaling guide, my must-read self-development book recommendations, a community group and support from like-minded women, and lifetime access to all of this incredible content inside. If you're on this personal development path and you're finally ready to invest in yourself in a way that is bigger than reading a book or listening to a podcast or watching a YouTube video, and you're ready to go from being inspired to actually implementing these things and cementing them into your life and your habits and your routines so that you can become the version of yourself who has everything that she wants, deserves, and desires, then I invite you to join us. The doors are open. We only open this program twice a year and it always sells out. So if you are interested, click the link in the show notes below or head to my Instagram profile at underscore Samantha Daily and you can click the link in my bio there. There will also be a saved highlight on my Instagram profile where you can see all kinds of testimonials, results, the women who have taken this program, the things that we do, the topics we cover, and so much more. If this feels like an aligned next step for you, I really hope to see you inside. Enrollment officially closes on Tuesday, January 31st. All right, let's get into this week's episode. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen.
So today we're going to be talking about four steps to raise your energetic standards and make money flow. I love the concept of money. I talk about money in all of my programs. It's mentioned at some point. We talk about it in From Burnt Out to Badass. There's a whole money masterclass in that program. We talk about money in A&A which is my mastermind for women that are starting and just beginning to grow their coaching businesses. We talk about money management and mindset when it comes to business in that program. And then I also have some programs that are specifically completely solely dedicated to the idea of money, things like cosmic cash and wealth calibration, which are both very different, but they're both fully dedicated to money. And then there's also the energy of money masterclass, which you can purchase at any time. It's um, it's a really amazing masterclass and I think it's only $33. So we will leave the link to the show notes. Um, we will leave the link to that masterclass in the show notes below if you want to purchase it and go deeper with this conversation of money. But I just wanted to, to preface this episode with you know, that idea of letting, you know, money is a conversation that I'm consistently in teaching about. I'm talking about it. I'm working through it in my own life. It's something that I deal with and talk about a lot. So I've become really comfortable with this conversation of money. And I hope that you are too. I hope that through your personal development journey, through books and podcasts and whatever other work that you're doing, that you're also very comfortable with the conversations around money. And if you're not like, let this be an invitation. Um, maybe it's a fun episode for you to listen into and think about just like what you agree with, what you disagree with, anything like that. I don't think this is going to be like controversial in any way whatsoever. But, um, what I would say is just to remember that there's everything is nuanced. (laughs) Every situation is nuanced and I can't possibly cover every single person's situation or life experience in one single conversation or podcast episode about money. And so if you feel that something is missing here, it probably is right. And so it's not to discount anybody else's experience or how they feel about money or things that have happened in their life regarding money, or say that those things are just in your mind or that they're not real. Of course not. So let's just hold space for like the nuances of these conversations. Um, and hopefully you get something out of it and you have some takeaways, right? So I'm assuming at this point, if you guys are my listeners, if you've been here for a while or you found me through something else, but you've been on your personal development journey, that we are under this kind of overarching understanding that money is energy. At this point, let's get an amen. Let's hope that we all understand that money is an energy. If you've if you've watched The Secret, if you've studied anything about the law of attraction, if you practice manifestation in your life, you know that money is an energy, right? But the addition that I would make to that is that money is an energy that needs to flow, right? Most energies don't want to just stay stagnant, closed inside of a jar and put on a shelf, right? So money is really an energy that really needs to flow. And there's a quote that I've shared before, but it's really simple and kind of a conundrum. It's kind of like the nothing changes if nothing changes quote where you're like, wait, whoa, it sounded so dumb, but it's actually quite profound. So the quote is, if you want more money flow, you have to let your money flow. And so what that means is, right? You're like, oh, okay, wait, let me think about it for a sec. If you want more money flow, you have to let money flow. So if you want more like 
incoming flow of money. You also have to allow space for the outgoing flow of money. And so the way that I think about this often is with this analogy of a hose, right? And so if we think about money as the water that runs through this hose, when fear or doubt or uncertainty comes up in our lives, in our careers, what we're going to do next, oh my gosh, am I going to quit this job or start this business or where do I go next from here? Or I really want to invest in this coach. It's like the next level of my business development, but it's an an amount that I've never spent before. When fear or doubt or uncertainty comes up like that, what we can energetically and sometimes unconsciously do is kink the hose, right? And we'll be able to create a lot of, a lot of surface level, logical, logistical, analytical, like reasons that make total sense for why we're not moving forward with spending the money or investing the money in something that we know would help us because we're like, oh, but you know, I want to do this first, or I think this would be really good, but I'm just going to wait and I'm going to do it later. or I'm going to do it at this different time. And sometimes those things are legitimate, right? But this is about like having radical self-honesty and being able to realize when we're actually kinking the hose out of fear, right? So when fear or doubt or uncertainty comes up, we can just go and like squeeze tight and be like, okay, I'm not going to spend it. I'm not going to spend the money. But what we don't realize, we think in that moment, like by kinking the hose, by squeezing tight, by holding on, by grabbing the money and not letting it go, that we are holding on to wealth. We're holding on to safety, right? We're keeping it close to us. We're maintaining it. But what we don't realize so often is that this hose that we're kinking is a circle. And so when we kink the hose, we don't just stop the outward flow of money. We also stop the inward flow of money. And some of you may have experienced this. Like if you've been in, if you've ever had a pattern in your life with money where you're really scared to spend, and this may be something that you learned from childhood, from parents, from watching how other people operate with money, from being told over and over again, like save, 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 save. And look, saving money is is good. It's awesome. We should all be saving money. Um, again, leave space for the nuances. But if you've been ingrained really with that narrative and you've, you've had a time in your life or even currently where you function out of this space of like, I just really want to hold onto it. I want to stack it. I want to save it. I want to keep it. Then you may have also noticed that during those times when you're holding really tight onto money, that you're not really receiving any new opportunities or money's not really increasing for you. There's not like surprise things happening that are just you know, so amazing, or you're getting a surprise check in the mail, or you just got a raise or like those things don't usually happen when we are in the energy of kinking the hose. Another way to think about this, like the energy of money and, you know, kind of give another um, analogy that helps people visualize this. And this one I think is really good because it really gets into like the nitty gritty feelings and meanings that we've created around money that just really do not need to be there at all. And that's the oxygen analogy. So I don't know if you've heard this before, but I really love, I really love this analogy when it comes to money. And it's, you know, speaking about money in the way that it's, I mean, it's like oxygen for several reasons, right? The first one and the most obvious one is that we need it to survive, right? So money and oxygen are similar in that way that we truly do need both of those things to survive, right? So I mean, and some people may disagree with that, but in today's world, let's be real. 
<laughs> what do you need in order to have shelter, have water, have food, be safe? Like our basic needs cannot be met in today's world without the exchange of money. So oxygen is maybe a more immediate need um, because even if you don't have money and you're still breathing, you'll be alive. However, they're both required for our survival, right? So that's the first reason that money and oxygen can be looked at as, as similar. And the second reason that money is like oxygen is because it's constantly coming in and out just like the breath, right? Inhaling in and exhaling out, right? Spending money, receiving money, receiving money, spending money, right? And it's kind of like, which one came first, the exhale or the inhale? We'll never know. Is it the chicken or the egg? I don't know. But the point being like, you can't only take inhales for the rest of your life. <laughs> like oxygen is good and we need her, but in order to get more, you do have to let some go with an exhale. Like if you were just like, oh my God, I need oxygen to survive. So I'm going to take a really deep breath and just like, that doesn't work either. Right. And so we can't operate in that way with money either. So this, you can see how this like flow, this in and out is very similar between the breath and money. You have to, there's the quote, like you have to spend money to make money. And it's just like this constant energetic exchange that we're participating in. It flows in, it flows out, it flows in, it flows out. And that's just the way that it works. But even though, like we mentioned, oxygen is like more urgently linked to our survival than money, both are required for long-term survival, right? However, breathing is so much less emotionally charged than money, right? They're both linked to our survival, but breathing, it's like, we don't even think about it. We don't have emotions around it. We don't have stories around it. We're not judging other people for it. We're not even thinking about the fact that other people are breathing or how much they're breathing, right? We haven't created like a scarcity mindset around there being not enough oxygen to go around or something crazy like that, or needing to conserve it or hoarding it, right? Like just taking a big breath and holding it forever and not letting it go because you need it. And what if you exhale and then there's none left the next time you go to try to inhale, right? We don't have these stories about the breath or about oxygen in the same way that we do about money. We don't have stories about the other person in the room who seems like an oxygen hog over there because they're taking really deep breaths and they are being selfish with that air. Like, don't they know that people like us over here, like we need to breathe too. Like, can you just calm down over there with your deep breathing? And we don't feel guilty when we're sharing the air with someone else. And like, oh my God, I just took some of their oxygen. I feel so sleazy and, and bad and weird for taking it from them. They probably, they probably need that. They probably didn't even want to give it to me. I wonder what they think of me now. Like I'm probably kind of a bad person for taking that oxygen. Yet this is how we operate when it comes to money, right? Either consciously or unconsciously. And this could look really big in your life during the season, or it could look really small 
right? Depending on where you are, depending on where your mindset is. But I think at every stage of life, no matter how much we've had this conversation about money or how how deeply we understand the energetics of money, at every new phase and stage and level of our lives, we are met with a new way to convene and converse with money. And so taking this conversation and being willing to apply it to your life, no matter where you are or how far along in your journey you are, and really thinking about, okay, maybe in the past, there were things that I really struggled to like spend money on, or I was really afraid to invest in myself, but now I'm so good at that. So then thinking about like, what is the next level of that? Like what's present right now in my life today in relation to money that still makes me go a little bit like, oh, I don't know, like feels edgy, feels scary in some way, feels really big, right? Like I met a whole new edge with money when I bought my house last year. And that was like, you know, I had so much practice with investing in myself and spending a lot of money in my business and on my personal growth and on business mentors and things like that. But the house was like a whole new level. And so thinking about like where these things can come up for you now in your life today, as it, as it, um, when it comes to money, right? Because if we could be as chill and as neutral with money as we are with breathing in the sense that like, it just is. And we know that it's there and it's always going to be there. And we don't really think about it. And we're not concerned with what other people are doing with it. If we could be that chill and that neutral with money, so much would change. Taking the emotional charge out of money is one of the best things that we can do. And just being able to realize that it really is this neutral resource and it's a tool it's simply a tool that we we get to pick up and we get to use. And we can either use it for good or we can use it for evil. But at the end of the day, money is just a magnifying glass and it's only going to amplify all the things that you already are. So if you're a really generous person, you're going to have more to be generous with. And if you're an angry or spiteful or horrible person, you're going to have more money to use as your weapon for that, Right. So thinking about how things would change for you, if you really believed that money was this like neutral, renewable, not to mention renewable resource that's consistently available and always there for you when you needed it, how would things change if you really believed that money was a renewable resource, that it wasn't going to run out, that it was consistently available and that it was always there for you when you needed it. And for me, I think that has proven to be true in many ways in my life already. And that may be the case for you as well. Like, has that not proven to be true for you in many ways already in your life that money is renewable and it's consistently available and it's always been there when you needed it, right? So not everyone, of course, but most of us have some form of privilege and are fortunate enough to have not hopefully, God forbid, been homeless or starving in our lifetimes, right? Most of us have that privilege and we're fortunate to have that experience of having a place to live, being taken care of, always having food on the table, right? 
And of course, leaving space for the nuances and for people's very real human experiences that have not received that privilege. But speaking to most of the women that are going to be listening to this podcast, that will be true for them in some way, right? And sure, like we've all experienced times where money was tight or it wasn't there in the amount or in the abundance that we ultimately desired, right? But when I look back, I can still see that even in the times where I was truly broke, money was still there for me. Money showed up when I needed it. Even if it was just enough to get me by or to get me to the next paycheck, but it was there, right? It showed up for me. And even if it wasn't my money, but I had to borrow it from someone, but like at, in some way it was always there. It was always there. So it's never completely abandoned me. And for that, I'm so grateful. And so that is a story then that I can provide proof from my real life for and choose to lean into and amplify, right? And the story is that money is always there for me. It always has been, and it will continue to be in bigger, more expansive, more carefree, and more joyful ways. And so if that's something that you can get behind, I would encourage you to adopt that story and that belief for yourself because it's really powerful to believe and be able to look back and have that proof of like, yeah, it may not have always been perfect or so abundant, or I may not have always been rich or wealthy or had everything that I wanted, but like money never fully dropped the ball on me. And it's always been there for me. And it will continue to be in even bigger ways, more expansive ways, more joyful, more carefree ways. So to go back to the point of all of this, right, which is speaking about money as an energy that's designed to be in flow and to be circulated, we have to trust ourselves enough and trust money enough, which is what we were just speaking about, to be able to let go. And I think letting go in general is some of the hardest work that we will do as humans. And this shows up in so many different areas of our lives, letting go of relationships, of people, of past traumas, of past versions of ourselves that we can never get back, um, finding the ability to let go and forgive, letting go of money, whatever it is, right? Letting go is some of the most challenging work that we will do as humans. And I was thinking about this at, around my birthday because I sent my mom a message and I was really just thinking about, you know, I don't have kids yet, so I can't, I know that it will be even more, it'll be even more intense for me to think about this when I do have a child of my own someday, but I, I don't have kids. So I don't really know, but I do know that it must be, I can imagine that it must be so hard to let your children go in the sense of like letting them leave the nest and letting them go off on their own, like even simple things nowadays. I'm like, I feel like when you're younger, you're not as scared. And then you get older and you adopt all of these like weird fears about the world. Cause you see, you watch the news too much or whatever. And then everyone is like a murderer to you. And you just think that so many bad things can happen. So there's something beautiful about being a young person and not having the intensity of fear that we tend to adopt as we get older and we see all the tragedies and all the bad things and all the horrific things that go on in the world. But so now as I'm older, I'm like, wow, it would even be so challenging for me to like, you know, drop my kids off at the mall and let them just like be there by themselves or let them get on their bikes and like 
ride all over the neighborhood or wherever all day long and, and trust them to like be gone all day and not get hurt or not get in trouble or not get kidnapped and like be fine. And we didn't have phones when I was a kid. So it's fully like surrender mode, just like trusting. Right. So I can imagine how hard it would be to let your children go fully, like to let them leave the nest or move away. Like I, I went away to college when I was 18 and I moved out of the house and I went to a different state and I was all on my own and I didn't know anybody. And it's a big party school and there's lots of stuff that can go on. There's lots of bad things that happen to like a young woman in that, in that space. And my parents just had to fully trust and let go. And when they let me go and leave to study abroad in Europe and like, trust me to like run around Europe for four months as a young 21 year old kid and just hope that bad things wouldn't happen to me or that I wouldn't you know, get involved with the wrong people or be in the wrong place at the wrong time. So I have so much respect for my own parents and for all parents that do this work of letting their children go. And this is all just to, you know, go back to this point of, I really do believe that letting go is some of the hardest work that we'll do as humans. But, um, at my birthday this year, I sent my mom a message and I, I was thinking about all of that. And so I said to her, I said, thank you for doing the hard work of bringing me into this world and the even harder work of letting me go. And so when we think about letting go, I think the the trouble that we have here is that so often we associate letting go with losing something or giving up on something, right? Oh, if I let go, if I release this, it means that I've given up or I've surrendered and, and that kind of being like a bad thing sometimes, um, whether it's relationships or money or whatever it is, right? We, we have this association with letting go where it's like, oh, this means that I'm, I'm letting this dream go or I'm letting this relationship go, which means I've decided that it failed or I've decided that it's not working um, or I've decided that I'm going to give up. But letting go is actually choosing your own liberation. And I think it's so important for us to make this mindset shift and view it that way. Because when we hold on to things for too long, whether it's people, circumstances, or money, what we are also holding on to is the fear behind that behavior, right? Holding on too long is driven by fear. And so when we hold on to this relationship or this person or this circumstance or this money for too long, we're also gripping and squeezing and holding into our hands the fear that is behind that behavior. And so we feel that consistently in our bodies and it becomes part of our vibration, fear, doubt, scarcity, uncertainty. So when we let go of the people or the relationship or the money or whatever it is, because we know it's for our highest good, right? What we actually do is that we choose to set ourselves free from that fear, the fear that it won't work out, the fear that you'll never find someone else, the fear that the money will never come back, the fear that you've made the wrong choice, the fear that I can't trust myself to be the leader and the guide of my own life, the fear that I won't be able to figure out what to do next. We, we let that fear go. We set it down. When we let go, we choose our own liberation and we set ourselves free. And I always say this, like the, the, the antidote to fear is action, 
right? So the way to cancel out a fear is to take action that is directly contrary to that fear, right? So if I'm afraid of showing up online and I just start showing up online, it's going to get less scary to me, right? The same way that Jaime's mom was terrified of dogs. She literally had like a dog phobia. And so when we were living in Spain and we got storm, she was so upset because we, we didn't have like the conversation with her, like ahead of time. Like we're thinking about getting a dog. We might get a dog. Like, Oh, this is a dog. We went to visit the dog. Okay. Now we have the dog. It was kind of like, we were scared to tell her, but it was our life and our choice. So we made that decision as a couple and we got the dog. And then we communicated that to her of like, you know, we've decided to get this dog, like, and there it is. And so it is right. Uh, but she was terrified of dogs. And so she was so upset and she was like, I'm never going to be able to come over to your house anymore because I have this phobia and I'm terrified. And what have you done? And, and all these things. And little by little with her exposure to the dog, she, you guys, she treats this dog like it is her literal child. If Storm wasn't so big, she would scoop it up and rock him like a baby and cuddle him to sleep every single night. She loves this dog, someone who had a serious phobia of dogs that like wouldn't even be able to walk near them or close to them on the sidewalk in the city. And she loves this dog. She gives him kisses. She cuddles him. She takes care of him. We leave him with her, or we did when we lived in Spain, we would leave him with her and she would take care of him while we were on vacation. So by taking action that is in a direct contrast to our fear, we can really, really start to eliminate that fear. And so in this case, when we talk about money, if you're someone who's been in a fearful relationship with money, the action step of letting some of it go can really be healing and help you realize that you are going to be okay. And it does come back and you can take a breath and you can relax now and you can spend money without feeling bad about yourself. And you're allowed to invest in yourself and your future or your family, or even just nice things that you enjoy that make you happy and start to witness too how, when you're in that neutral energy with money of like, yep, I can spend it. I can let it go. That it also comes back to you and seeing, you know, how that affirmation that I always share, it's one of my favorites. Every dollar I spend comes back to me multiplied. I've used that for years. And at first I was like, Ooh, that would be really cool if that were true. Right. So noticing if that's the mentality that you have right now, of like, that's a great affirmation. I want to use it because I hope that someday it will be true for me. What happened with me using that affirmation so often is that it's not, I don't have that same thought anymore of like, I want to use this affirmation because it's really cool and vibey. And like, what if that actually could happen? It's like, no, that's reality. Every dollar I spend comes back to me multiplied. I know it for a fact. And it was really fun when I was buying my house to like spend this really large amount of money and have that ingrained belief already within me of like, wow, okay, this is so much fun because this is a lot of dollars. And if every dollar that I spend comes back to be multiplied, your girl is going to be rich. <laughs> like this is going to be so much fun. So doing the work 
you know, to ingrain those belief systems and those affirmations that are helpful to you so that when you get to new levels of your life or your business or whatever it is, that they really do serve you in crazy powerful ways because you're going to be at such a different level at such a different playing field. And if you already have that belief system set up and it's not just like an idea or a thing that you want to believe, but it truly is like what you feel in your bones to be true for life and for yourself, then it makes all of the difference. And it's so much more fun, right? That's the main thing is it's so much more fun. So I want to talk quickly about energetic standards or, you know, energetic minimums, whatever you want to call them. But if you want to know, so, okay, energetic minimums, we're going to talk about what those are, but some of you may already be familiar with this term. Um, If you want to know what your energetic standards or minimums are, all you need to do is look around at your life because everything that you see in your life today is a reflection of what you've been willing to tolerate either now or at some point in the past. And it's still kind of lingering in there from a past version of you that was tolerating it and the current version of you, which has not abolished it yet. So if you're like, oh, I don't know what my energetic minimum or standard is for relationships or for money or for health or for whatever, it's like, look at your life. Look at what's currently happening around you because that is all a reflection of what you've been willing to tolerate, which is basically what an energetic standard or an energetic minimum is. It's what are you willing to tolerate? What is the lowest that you will go that you refuse to drop below? Right. And so, We'll have this like uh, phenomenon in our lives where we play in these realms of like there's ebbs and flows and there's some ups and downs, especially when it comes to like relationships and money and and all the things. But there's this like baseline level where it's like you've never dropped below that, right? And so when we talk about money for for people, sometimes it's like an amount that they have in their account or it's an amount that they are earning at their job. Like they would just never allow themselves to go below that. And of course, you know, things happen and we don't always have control of the circumstances and jobs change or we get fired, but like we always find our way back to be in that space above, slightly above, or even well above the energetic minimum. But when things get bad, when we're in like an ebb of life, when things are challenging, it's like, we still never go below that standard. Right. And so an example with like a relationship is you might realize that your minimum standard in relationships is that they don't cheat on you. And so you'll tolerate or quote unquote, work through them, like gaslighting you or lying, or just, you know, their shadiness or doing like disrespectful things that you don't approve of. But if they cheated, that would be like the straw that broke the camel's back where you're like, okay, then the relationship would fully end. Right. And so this is then the minimum. This is like the minimum standard is like, oh, you can't fuck other people. Right. Which is a very, by the way, (laughs) all my single girlies out there, that is a very low minimum standard. It's far too low. It's way too low. If that is you, if you're really realizing like, wow, that's kind of been my pattern because like people have done some effed up things to me, like in relationships, but as soon as they cheated, then I was out, but everything else was like game for us to like argue about it or have a conversation about it or try to give like a second chance for it or to work through it or for me to continue going on dates with them because I didn't really have the full proof of what I was feeling intuitively. If that's your situation, then you're like, whoa, okay. The energetic minimum is that 
like they can't be a cheater. But we want to raise that standard so that you never have to be down at that level anymore, right? I had a client once who was stuck at $5,000 a month when she started working with me. She was like, I'm I'm making money in my business. It's going well. Like I'm earning $5,000 a month, but like I feel like I'm capped. I feel like I'm stuck at that for some reason. I can't get beyond that. And so we did this work of raising her energetic minimum to $10,000 a month. And the next month she immediately hit it. She'd never made that amount of money before, but because we did the energetic work of like, okay, we're not tolerating this anymore. What's the new standard? Let's set it. Let's act like it. We're putting it in place. Boom. She figured out a way to make it happen because she changed the energetic minimum. She changed the standard for what she was willing to tolerate in her business, in her life, right? So I'm going to give you the four steps here to raise an energetic standard or minimum in your life. It could be as it relates to money, since we've been talking about that um, on the podcast today or anything else, right? Relationships, anything. So the first step is to define what your minimum is currently. So I gave that example about the relationships, right? Like looking for what is the place that you never go below, right? No matter what happens, all the, it could be bad. It could be um, messed up. It could be challenging. It could be hard, but like, what's the place that you never go below looking at your life, looking at what's happening for you today and noticing that, okay, that's the minimum. This is the place that I never go below. So define what the minimum currently is. The second step is to decide that you are no longer available. And that's really important. You have to energetically and concretely decide that you are no longer available for this being the minimum. Decide I am no longer available for this amount of money to be my safety net or to be my baseline. I am no longer allowed. I'm no longer available, excuse me, for this kind of behavior. I'm no longer available for this level of conversations. I'm no longer available for this kind of treatment. I'm no longer available for these kinds of friendships, whatever it is, you have to decide that you're no longer available for that in your life. Energetically, you've ascended, you're beyond it. And what that means is you actually have to take the action behind that and reject or not accept those things if they try to come back into your life, right? It's like setting boundaries. Anyone can set a boundary, but most people can't withhold or maintain or enforce the boundary because of course those people or those things or those circumstances come back and then you're like, oh, okay, right? So you can't, you have to act like you really mean it with this energetic standard. When you decide that you're no longer available for it, you can't then go ahead and like accept some of that behavior or accept that, you know, oh, well, this month I'm not going to make it work, or maybe it's just not meant for me. You have to really decide and be on a mission that you're no longer available for this. The third step is to choose your new minimum standard. So now you get to decide, right? Okay. We've defined what it currently is. We've decided and proclaimed to the universe that we're no longer available for it. Now let's set the new standard. What is it that you are available for now? What is the new energetic minimum, whether it's the amount of money that you earn per month or that you earn as a salary, the types of people in your life, the conversations you want to be having, how you want to be treated in relationship, you know the deal, apply it to whatever it is that's happening in your life, set your new standard. And then the last final and most important step is to freaking act like it. 
you've got to really embody that this is the minimum standard and move through your life and your business as if this is real, right? So like with my client, when we moved from 5K to 10K, she couldn't just go into the next month doing all the same things and expect that she was then going to somehow make $10,000 simply because she proclaimed I'm no longer available for the 5k minimum, right? She had to act like she was the business owner that earned $10,000. So her energy changed the way that she showed up online changed her content changed the way that she sold changed. She sold more often. She figured she sold more things. It was like, you have to match what you're saying that you want to be true for you in the way that you show up and how you act. So to review those four steps really quickly, it's define, decide, choose, and act. So define what your minimum standard is currently, decide what you're no longer available for, choose the new minimum standard, and then act like it, enforce it in your life and be the living embodiment of it. All right, you guys, that is it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did take a screenshot, share it to your stories, tag me at underscore Samantha daily and at makeshift happen podcast. And don't forget the doors to from burnt out to badass are now open. This is my signature life transformation course. It's changed the lives of hundreds of women at this point. If you are starting out your personal development journey, or you just want to get more involved, you're finally ready to invest in a way that's bigger than listening to podcasts or reading books. And you really want to do the work, um, and be in my world and experience all of the knowledge and tools that really changed my life and the lives of so many of my clients and was the catalyst for me becoming this version of myself, being able to have the confidence and the understanding of my own purpose to be able to start a business. If you're confused, if you're feeling stuck, if you know that you want more out of life, but you have no idea where to start from Burnt Touch About Us is the roadmap that you need. It's only open twice a year and it always sells out. So make sure that you click the link in the show notes below and you get signed up. Doors officially close on the 31st of January. I really hope to see you inside. I can't wait to kick off this next round. This is the 10th round of this program. Absolutely insane. We've run this thing 10 times. There's been so many women that have gone through this course and program and the results are just absolutely chef's kiss. You can check out the saved testimonials. um, Sorry, the saved story highlights on my Instagram profile for testimonials, um, all the information from women who have taken the program, what their experience was like, things that they changed in their lives, all that sort of stuff. Um, and you can also go to samanthadaily.com and click on courses and find from Burnt Touch Badass if you want to read more of the info. All the links will be in the show notes below for you guys. So I hope to see you inside. I love you. I appreciate you. And I'll talk to you next week. Bye.